This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Mr. Mabasa joins us as a guest on the COVID report at this time. Mr. Mabasa, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Can you please firstly take us through the importance of the automotive sector in South Africa? Thank you very much for the invitation. The automotive industry plays a significant role in the economic life of South Africa. We're currently contributing around 6.4% to the country's gross domestic product, which is called GDP. And we're also contributing around 30% to the overall manufacturing output of the country. So if you look at all the sectors that are manufacturing in South Africa, the automotive industry contributes 30% of that particular output. We also currently employ just under 500,000 people across the value chain. And these are the direct jobs that we have in the sector. And we obviously continue to make a contribution very significantly to the lives of many of our people and definitely their prosperity. We obviously have a number of brands in the market, as you may know, and these brands are the ones that are really driving the automotive industry. Currently in South Africa, we've got about 49 brands in our markets that are really driving this particular important contribution to our economy. Now, how has the coronavirus pandemic affected the automotive industry and sector as a whole? Well, the COVID-19 pandemic has had major implications for the automotive industry, uh, particularly during the month of April and May. Because you'd recall those uh, months in in particular, those two months in particular, uh, the country was under a hard lockdown. And as a result, Um, The sector was completely shut down. We were not able to uh, produce any vehicle uh, in the country because uh, we currently have seven um, manufacturers um, whom we are hosting uh, in South Africa at this particular time. And um, and, and during that time, we obviously could not manufacture any vehicles in the country, nor were we able to export vehicles because we're currently exporting around 64% of what we are producing locally uh, that goes into other markets around the world. We were also not able to import vehicles. We were not able to bring in vehicles uh, into the country during the lockdown. And, and, and naturally, that has had a major implication uh, you know, for the sector. Uh, but we are very pleased now that the restrictions have been uh, slightly uh, reduced and uh, many of our um, value chain partners are now back at work and we are able to continue producing vehicles for the uh, South African market and most importantly also for the uh, global markets as well. Now, just to latch on to the tail end of your most previous um, answer, Mr. Mabasa, we've seen that the industry is asking for a tax break. Um, Can you take us through how this helped in in terms of ensuring the recovery of the automotive sector? And in what ways has the sector recovered as the lockdown levels gradually began easing? Well, we're currently in conversation um, amongst ourselves as the sector um, so that we can be able to put together a proposal that we want to take to government in order to uh, request for government to give us uh, some assistance uh, of some sort, particularly to uh, assist those um, companies that are battling, um, particularly with their liquidity challenges uh, during this particular time. Because one of the key priorities for us 
is to be able to make sure that we save as many jobs as possible as we can. We've seen, obviously, a, a bloodbath uh, in terms of job losses across many other sectors. And we want to be able to say, secure uh, many of the jobs that we currently have within the sector. And we do this because the automotive industry is a global business. All the seven manufacturers that are manufacturing in South Africa, as I indicated earlier on, are not South African companies. All these companies are global companies. And we've seen in the last couple of uh, weeks, uh, many global governments or governments globally have been assisting uh, these companies in the areas and in the countries where these companies are also operating from. And what we are concerned about in South Africa is that it is becoming increasingly expensive for these companies to produce cars in South Africa. And once that becomes an issue for these companies, they are definitely going to move their production lines to other ter uh, territories where they can be able to produce these vehicles much cheaper and much cost-effectively cost, cost and most uh, faster uh, than, than ever before. So our conversations with government, it's really to be able to make sure that we are able to keep up uh, with what is happening globally in terms of uh, the stimulus packages that we've seen that have been introduced by many other markets uh, across the world. Now, Mr. Mabasa, the industry has contributed in assisting in the fight against COVID-19. We saw VW announcing that one of its facilities will be used for quarantine. Some manufacturers focus on producing equipment that will help hospitals. How would you say the industry has had to adapt during this time? Well, the industry is obviously a responsible corporate citizen, uh, broadly speaking. And when South Africa is obviously in dire needs, um, for assistance, we made up a call to all our members to be able to raise their hands and make a contribution towards the socio-economic development uh, and in particular towards the COVID-19 uh, relief and also some of the activities that we have engaged ourselves in. You've mentioned, for example, the um, start hospital that was put together by VWSA uh, in Port Elizabeth, which is assisting and which will accommodate more than 4,000 patients uh, in that particular province. Other uh, manufacturers have also come up. Uh, broadly speaking, since the beginning of uh, COVID-19, we have contributed and donated more than 350 uh, vehicles uh, to many non-governmental organizations across the country so that those particular uh, organizations can be able to assist with the distribution of food parcels and also assist with um, caring a lot of patients who unfortunately are not able to get um, ambulances uh, dispatched to them on time. Um, and, and we will continue to obviously assist uh, in every way possible. Um, we've manufactured, for example, uh, face shields and also face masks. We're also currently in the process of manufacturing ventilators as well, so that we can be able to assist some of the hospitals that we have across the country who are currently battling with some of the protective, uh, personal protective equipment that is uh, so critical, particularly for our frontline staff uh, in our hospitals. Now, Mr. Mabasa, can you please take us through the risk-adjusted measures that have been put in place to mitigate against the impact of COVID-19? The, the risk adjustment uh, strategy across the sector has been very helpful. Because what we have done is that we have worked very closely with all our members so that we can be able to make sure that we are able to guarantee the safety and the health of many of our employees 
who are now back at work. So there's testing um, facilities in many of our plants across the country. There is a screening uh, opportunities so that each and every employee who walks into a plant um, is able to be screened accordingly. And if they are found, obviously, to be, have been infected, we can be able to take uh, the necessary measures uh, so that we can be able to contain uh, the spread of the COVID-19 uh, across the manufacturing uh, plants. Similarly, we've done the same thing across the entire value chain. If you look at our um, you know, dealership network where we are selling our vehicles from, um, when you walk into a dealership today, you'll see that we've put in place uh, measures to be able to assist our sales reps in those particular environments to be able to assist our customers without the exposure uh, of any um, you know, um, COVID-19 um, you know, spreading uh, uh, particularly across our customers. We are also now um, you know, assisting in terms of making sure that we are able to deliver vehicles directly to our customers. So customers do not have to walk into the, um, to the dealership to come and collect their vehicles. We are able to sanitize those vehicles uh, in advance so that we can be able to make sure that uh, we are able to deliver those uh, vehicles uh, to our customers' uh, addresses. Um, and we're we also um, uh, moving quite very strongly into uh, the digital space where we are encouraging many of our customers uh, to be able to use uh, the current digital platforms uh, to be able to interact with us, uh, whether they want to, for an example, book a test drive or they want to um, you know, compare uh, different products that we have in the market uh, and so on. So we have really put in uh, very stringent measures uh, and we're very grateful that many of our customers have been, have been really very supportive um, you know, in terms of the measures that we've put in place. Now, speaking on the sale of cars, have you during a pandemic seen a decline or an increase in the sales of cars? And do you think after the pandemic, this is going to change back? Well, in the last five months, we have definitely seen a decline uh, in vehicle sales. A lot of um, individuals have not um, you know, taken uh, the offer to come in and buy vehicles. Uh, at this time, particularly because a lot of people are still working from home. Uh, families we've seen uh, in our numbers where families who traditionally own two vehicles um, have decided to trade in one of the two vehicles because that their travel times um, have actually reduced quite significantly and drastically. Um, we've also seen uh, quite a lot of uh, customers who have also decided to um, you know, trade in particularly they are uh, vehicles that are more expensive in terms of premium brands um, and they're keeping uh, in their uh, possession, uh, not only because of COVID-19, but certainly also because South Africans uh, are under a lot of pressure currently uh, because the economy is obviously under a recession and many uh, families' uh, disposable income has been uh, impacted negatively as a consequence uh, because we've obviously seen a lot of people also losing uh, their jobs and so on. So that has had, unfortunately, a huge impact on the industry's ability to can be able to sell uh, vehicles um, as we have done in the last couple of years. So the deadline we've seen, and it's not strange to South Africa. In fact, the deadline is actually global. If you go to other markets uh, around the world, uh, that same, the same trend uh, we, we are seeing in South Africa, uh, we obviously see also in other markets uh, across the, the, the world uh, as it were. 
You are listening to the COVID Report. I am your host, Siposikle Muli, with Gamelise Bovana, unpacking the automobile industry and their role in the pandemic. Now, Volkswagen South Africa has responded to the pandemic and partnered with assisting government with responding to the call by providing clinics in the Nelson Mandela Bay area with protective equipment. We are talking to Andile Lamini, head of group communications at VWSA, to share what more they have done. Thank you, Mr. Lamini for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, how has the coronavirus affected VW operations in South Africa? Thanks, Ibisitla, for having me. Um, like all other uh, big companies in South Africa, we were affected uh, by COVID when we had the heavy lockdown um, towards the end of March. So uh, during that time, um, the, um, the rest of the employees uh, were sent home, uh, but we continued uh, working because we had a task force uh, that we uh, set up uh, to ensure that uh, when we returned to work, uh, we were ready to start production. And at the same time, uh, we started uh, working with the local uh, business um, chamber to find ways of how we can support uh, the Nelson Mandela Bay um, Metro, as well as the community uh, communities around. So uh, we um, started uh, with uh, a ventilator project, uh, which was a... Um, a national um, uh, request uh, through the DTI for big companies like ourselves to try and then support government um, to uh, procure or design um, ventilators um, that will be will be used uh, when uh, there is a shortage. So we've been working on that project uh, for a while, and also at the same time uh, we um, had uh, a group of uh, ladies, a co-op that started working on uh, making a uh, mask for the communities around um, the Nelson Mandela. So um, as I said, uh, so we didn't uh, completely shut down, so we had the team that was working. So, but when you return to, uh, to work, uh, the, um, the environment was not the same. So uh, we had a 100-point uh, plan uh, which we used uh, to prepare our, um, our workplace. So we had a lot of things uh, that were in place. So we had to change how uh, the production uh, was uh, was set. So we had to uh, look at um, how we'll prepare the environment uh, to be safe. So when we returned on the 4th of, uh, of May, we uh, had to orientate our employees uh, to the new working environment. So we provided uh, them uh, with a mask, which uh, they get every day. So we set up uh, thermal uh, cameras uh, at the, uh, the main entrance. So we set up um, signage uh, to remind them to maintain uh, the physical distance. We change uh, the uh, layout of um, the um, how the uh, the bathrooms and ablution facilities are being utilized. So there has been a lot that has been done. And then also at the same time, we uh, encourage our employees to, uh, to work remotely, which has been the case. So we had to um, source uh, dongles and then ensure people were able to work remotely. So that has been the case uh, since then. Uh, most of our office staff are still work from home. And then uh, we also had to change our shift uh, patterns so that we can allow uh, the uh, employees uh, to be able to come in early, uh, clean their uh, working uh, working tools and ensure that the equipment is, uh, is clean. And then also the shift data will be uh, coming in in the morning to uh, in after the end of each shift to do the same as well. So a lot has changed um, since we um, we've been through this uh, COVID period.
wholesale and indeed very progressive changes made in the day-to-day operations of uh, VW. Now, Mr. Gamini, one of the few, and I do mean painfully few, bright spots of the pandemic that we've observed is the various ways that the private sector has supported government in the fight against COVID-19. We've seen uh, that VW has donated protective equipment, as you just alluded to. You've also converted one of your factories into a COVID-19 quarantine facility. What are the other investments that VW has put in place to fight against COVID-19? And and how did that process unveil itself as far as the ways in which you as VW figured out the ways you could most meaningfully contribute to the fight against COVID-19? Um, we have a very uh, a strong leader who unfortunately uh, is leaving South Africa to go to to Skoda, Thomas Schaefer. He, uh, together with the business chamber, um, identified uh, the issue of um, um, overflow or overcrowding in local hospital as the main issue. So that's where the idea of the field hospital uh, came about. And then um, we have a very strong relationship uh, with the German government, so we approached the German government uh, to provide uh, funding for us as uh, Volkswagen together with the Eastern Cape um, provincial government uh, to come up with um, key projects that uh, will uh, elevate uh, the, the pressure and then uh, solve the problem. So one of the major um, uh, outcome out of uh, that request was the field hospital, which we um, uh, officially handed over to the Department of, um, uh, of Health on the 23rd of June. So that hospital, um, the first phase has a capacity of uh, almost uh, 1,500 beds. So it has been slowly, slowly been um, uh, accommodating or admitting uh, patients. And also at the same time, uh, we also identify the testing uh, as one of the um, problems in the province. Uh, Two days ago, we um, officially uh, headed over the um, uh, a lab uh, of the National Health Laboratory Service, which has uh, almost doubled uh, the testing capacity from 1,500 to 3,000 um, uh, tests uh, per day. So that's one of uh, the, uh, the many things that uh, we've been doing. So also we uh, um, have um, assisted uh, community-based organization uh, and some uh, local organization through the funding of our community trust uh, so that they can support uh, families that are in dire need of food. And then also the local schools um, where parents are not able to afford uh, masks for the kids. So we have donated uh, that as well because we, through the co-op that I mentioned earlier, have produced over 24,000 masks for adults and kids. So all of that will be um, handed over to the local communities. And also we have sourced uh, sanitizers, uh, which we're in the process of uh, donating to the local community. So as Volkswagen, uh, we, we felt that we have a responsibility to do as much as we can to support the community. Because if we do that, we're not only supporting our employees, and then we're supporting um, the community that has been part of uh, our history for the past um, seven decades. Now, speaking of the phenomenal work that Volkswagen has done during the pandemic, has it struggled in any way to do the work? Have the regulations maybe inhibited? Were facilities maybe an issue? Please do share some of the struggles with us. 
I think the biggest issue that we had was uh, the confusion around uh, the um, the return to work on the 4th of May because it was not clear whether people are needed to, to carry permits or to come to uh, back to work. So through uh, the help from government, uh, so we were able to be um, given a permit for each of all the employees that were required to work. So uh, we... Um, um, sent all our employees that were supposed to come to work uh, either a, um, like a, an electronic via WhatsApp um, uh, groups or a printed um, 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 a payment. So I mean that was one that was one of the issues, and also with our dealers. I mean, as you remember, that it was unclear when we returned the fourth of May whether the the, the dealers uh, were part of the group uh, that was able to trade. So through the um, assistance of NAMSA and then through the uh, lobbying and the negotiations with the Department of Trade and Industry, two weeks later, we were able to uh, have our dealers being able to operate as well. And then having said that, uh, we assisted our dealers uh, to ensure that they follow stringent uh, COVID-19 regulations. So we had people on the ground uh, who we're working with our dealers uh, who are inspecting our dealers to ensure that uh, they were ready to um, to start um, um, receiving customers. Up to so far, that has worked well, and then that hasn't changed. So we continue to monitor the, the performance and the behavior of our dealers and then all the other outlets that are part of the Volkswagen Group in, uh, in South Africa. So, so far, so good. So that has, uh, has worked well. So... Other than that, I don't, there's not really much that um, we, we have struggled with. So um, we do have uh, cases at our factory at Newtonic of people who test positive. And if that happens, and then now we have a very uh, capable um, medical team um, uh, internally where we are able to do screening. And then uh, when people are required to be uh, at home, and then they get that full support from us. So... Um, that um, is, is one of uh, many things that we're doing as a company. Now, Mr. Kamini, if we can even possibly envision a post-pandemic world, what are the plans for after the pandemic in terms of what you plan to use the facility for? Would it still be for government disposal or would it be converted back into a plant? Interestingly, the, um, the plant that we've con- converted into a field hospital was in the process of uh, being sold. Uh, I suppose uh, the men above uh, felt that there was something big that uh, we needed to, uh, to keep it for. So um, that's why it was easy for us uh, to be able to convert uh, that hospital in um, just under seven weeks and then also being um, aided by the funding from, uh, from the German government. What we had agreed uh, with the uh, Department of Health is that the, the beds uh, that uh, we have um, sourced for, for, the, for use in the hospital, those will be uh, donated uh, to, the local, um, to the local hospital. And then also there have uh, been ideas uh, being uh, uh, brought up to say, um, looking at the challenges that our um, health uh, institutions have in the province or in the, uh, in the metro, if uh, there is a need for that hospital to be kept and be used as an overflow facility to support the um, the, uh, the, uh, the hospitals in the metro. So that's, that's um, like one of um, ideas that we have. But in short, um, whatever we had sourced for the field hospital, once the pandemic is behind us, that will be uh, donated to the uh, Department of Health.
Now, looking more at the automotive aspect of your company, we saw that vehicle sales dropped over the period of the lockdown. It doesn't look like there were improve, there will be improvements anytime soon. How will this impact your business operations? It, 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 it has an impact. Uh, but again, um, before we, we were struck by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, the, uh, the sales in, um, in South Africa were on, uh, on the decline. So the issue was exacerbated by the um, by, by the pandemic. We still we still feel that um, we we will continue opera, uh, selling cars, but not at the same levels that we had uh, two or three years ago. The area that has been uh, impacted the most uh, is the rental business, uh, understandably so, because we don't have uh, inbound tourists. Um, our cars uh, that we built in Utenek, the Polo and Apollo Vivo. Um, um, very favored by the rental companies. So we have seen uh, uh, a significant uh, decline on that, um, in that uh, segment. And then also your premium brands where Audi uh, operates. That, that has uh, also suffered a lot um, in, compared to 2019. That segment is down by 40%. So we're hoping um, that uh, the tide will change uh, towards the end of, uh, of the year and then uh, going into, uh, into the new year. We were looking at the focus uh, for the passenger car market of about 228,000 cars, but the performance um, uh, in, of sales performance in May showed us that, that there was uh, an, uh, an uptick, so we revised it to about 35,000 cars, which is fairly okay, um, and it should be um, able to, um, to, to sustain us up to the end of, uh, of the year. But um, just to answer your question, and uh, there is um, there has been an impact on our business, but we remain um, optimistic that um, that trend will change um, probably in 2021 or 2022. As a quick follow up to that, Mr. Lamini, latching on to your hope that things will pick up, how exactly do you see the demand for automotive um, industry evolving and looking like in the future in this air quote post? pandemic world and uh do you and what what are the signs that you've identified that make you believe that there is a chance that that things can rebound things will rebound as as long as we can start um getting um our borders open because um we need to have more more tourists uh, inbound tourists coming to our country because when that happens uh, which means uh, our cars apollo vivos uh, will be in demand again and then that means um there will be uh, other form of uh, of trade and an activity in our economy, and then people will have uh, their jobs secured, which uh, will lead uh, to them demanding new cars, and then companies will start investing in uh, in new cars as uh, as part of um, their um, uh, activities uh, within the within the economy. I think we need uh, just to have uh, a, a very active uh, uh, economy and then uh, have that uh, optimistic approach in how uh, people um, will want to start uh, trading again. I know I will, I will repeat some of the things. I think we just uh, need uh, to, to have the COVID behind us and then once the economy is active again and then um, people uh, feel that uh, their jobs are not uh, under threat and then uh, people that uh, people have uh, extra cash to 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 spend, you know, start buying cars. So what has uh, happened now? People are either buying down or people are holding um, on onto their cars. 
just to be sure what the future will, uh, will, will look like. Once our people are certain that uh, we we back to the new normal, and then I think uh, we'll start uh, seeing the um, the sales increasing. As economist always says, uh, you you uh, you test uh, the uh, the strength of your economy by uh, the sales of the cars. So the more people buy cars, and then that will mean that we are um, out of the um, of the decline or the down um, the downtrend. Now, we have seen mass retrenchments happen due to COVID-19 and even prior. For VW, do you see this happening? And how have you been able to support your employees who have had to contend with living through this pandemic? For us as a company, um, uh, the, um, uh, the retrenchments uh, are the last thing that we would like to see. So we... We pride ourselves as a, um, a people's company. Um, even our name, Volkswagen, means uh, people's car. And then we we, we wouldn't want uh, to to look at that as um, a result, as, as as a form of trying to address the issue. Going forward, uh, I think we'll try and do everything possible to protect the jobs of our employees. And then we are very fortunate that uh, we have had the support uh, from the Department of uh, of Labor through. Uh, the, uh, the tests of the UIF, that has helped a lot. And then also as a company, we had to find uh, ways of how do we support our employees uh, during this time. So we, um, we were able to keep uh, uh, people uh, being uh, paid uh, um, normally is uh, also not impacting much on their benefits as well. So we um, will continue to apply for uh, the UIF um, for our operators, uh, those that will build our line who work short time, because we normally had uh, three shifts, but then because of COVID, and then uh, we now working two shifts, which means on a particular week, uh, one shift uh, won't uh, be coming to work. So for those employees, uh, we um, have received uh, two trenches uh, from, um, from, uh, from the test finding. So we hope going forward uh, that will be the case. And then also we, we hope that uh, the demand for, for export uh, will, um, will, uh, will increase in the coming months when, uh, German, or when Europe returns uh, from, um, from their summer break because that uh, will mean that we'll be able to produce more cars for export and then that means that we will need more hours and we will need more of our employees uh, back at work. For now, our retrenchments um, are not um, under consideration. And then we do hope uh, and wish that uh, we will not uh, go that route. Now, Mr. Gamini, I'm curious as to the risk-adjusted measures that have been put in place to mitigate against the impact of COVID-19 on the sector here in South Africa. Have there been any parallels to how the pandemic has impacted this sector in other parts of the world, especially where VW is, is a prominent brand? The 100-point plan that I spoke uh, mentioned earlier. So that was um, from the lessons learned uh, from our um, uh, plans in um, in China as well as in Germany. So we followed their guide on what they did uh, to prepare the workplace um, when employees returned to work. And then also we we, we noticed uh, the uh, the impact uh, of um, of COVID um, in other parts of the world. And then we followed the guidance uh, of. Um, of uh, of the group, the um, the business model that we have in SA is um, mainly on export. 
So when the demand uh, drops in Europe, and then uh, the demand impacts us as well. So there have been a slight decline in our, on our export business, but then uh, we still um, hopeful that um, there will be an uptick um, when they return from their summer holidays at the end of August. So for the last three, four months of the year, so we hope that there will be a change and then we'll be able to uh, maintain our exports and then um, export as many um, uh, polos out of SA as possible, which will be good for our economy and then will be good for our employees as well. Now, lastly, Mr. Zamini, many have said that the pandemic has pushed us into the fourth industrial revolution. What is your take on this? Do you believe, and in your experience in the sector, do you think our country is ready for it? And what will happen to the millions of those employed in your sector should it occur? That's something that's part of the new um, South African automotive uh, master plan of how do we, as the industry, start embracing uh, the uh, the fourth industrial revolution. One thing that uh, needs to be mentioned is that uh, the um, the auto industry in South Africa remains uh, very um, uh, uh, labor intensive, even though we we have um, the uh, the impact of uh, the um, the fourth industrial revolution and how we produce cars. We will still need um, people to to be able to pull cars. So what uh, we are looking at, um, especially as VW, is identifying skills of the future, which um, skills that will be required um, five, ten years from now. So we have identified a set of skills that our employees uh, need to have. Uh, we have identified a set of skills of um, uh, of uh, people that we need to uh, to recruit uh, to to our to our company. And then also our um, um, uh, global company, uh, VW, is um, highly focused now on electrification. So we, we, we're changing the company to focus more being like a software company where we develop um, uh, skills instead of having other companies like Microsoft and then other big IT companies owning that uh, space that we want to do that. So that will come to us as well. But just to answer your question, we, we, we are ready. And then um, I think in the short term, uh, there's no much uh, threat to, to the way that we build cars. But long term, it is something that we need to look at. And then um, those are the skills that will be required uh, in the future to, uh, to, uh, to build cars. But um, the men and then the machine relationship uh, that will continue now. For example, here in our plant, um, the assembly part uh, that's mainly uh, um, labor intensive, but our body shop, we have quite a number of um, robots that uh, assemble cars. And we still have certain um, parts of the body shop where you will need uh, manual labor with your sport welders and then other people that, that will be uh, still doing the manual work. So um, I think for now, we will still find uh, probably the next cars that we will have uh, will require more, but then um, as it is now, and we still need people to build cars. Group Communications at Volkswagen South Africa, Mr. Andy Le Jamini, joining us here on the COVID report, taking us through the ways in which they have aided the fight against COVID.
COVID-19 in terms of their providing clinics in the Nelson Mandela Bay area with protective equipment, converting one of their factories into a quarantine facility, and also giving us further insight into the ways in which the pandemic has impacted the automotive industry. That tone was struck off by the CEO of the National Association of Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa, Mr. Mike Mabasa, taking us through initially the ways in which the automotive industry has fell at the mercy of COVID-19. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or stream via www.vafm.co.za.